0: What's up, gang? Andrew Cooper here, aka coupe fiasco on Twitter. Uh, you're watching the Fantasy Football Fiasco here, uh, brought to you by Fantasy Alarm Better Sports Network, and of course, our favorite sponsors, FFPC. Thanks for joining me today. It's been a little bit, man. Had the Fantasy Football Expo, spending a lot of time trying to keep a newborn child alive, but August doesn't stop for anybody. Football doesn't stop for anybody, and it's right around the corner. So what we've been doing on these shows is getting you ramped up, ready for the season. First four shows, we just looked at an overview of the positions, very general, brought in guys like Scott Fish and Bob Harris and Mike Fiella, and of course, the tight end whisperer, Howard Bender, to look at all those positions. Now we're looking at strategy. Last week, we brought in Kevin Tompkins, a zero RB aficionado, to go over that strategy. And it's one of the most popular strategies right now. What we're doing today is we're bringing in dave kluge to look at another strategy basically the opposite of that robust rb i see you guys trickling in the chat shout out albert shout out Hal. what's up guys thanks for joining us uh but i'm gonna get right to it right now in this industry there's an epidemic going on where everybody's leaning so hard into zero rb that rbs are becoming a value the times really are a changing in terms of adp when i first started playing this you just drafted a running back in the first round. But this was back like 2001, 2002, when it was like Priest Holmes, Sean Alexander, Daniel Tomlinson, Marshall Falk. Like, you couldn't miss. You literally could not miss in the first round. But, you know, now with the split backfields and everything going on, there's been a big change. I mean, in 2007, I looked at a draft from then, which, I mean, doesn't feel like it's as long ago as it is. 13 of the top 14 picks for RBs. 13 of the top Fourteen. The only guy that wasn't a running back going in that range was Peyton Manning. Crazy how now you look at it, and only five of the top picks this year, five of the top fourteen picks this year, are running backs. Back then, thirteen of the top fourteen. So things are changing up, and you know, as we talked about on last week's show, there's a r- lot of strategy and reasoning behind that. But honestly, it, things may have overcorrected a little bit. It may have overcorrected with the zero RB mania to the point where a robust RB might be the move this year. It might be the way to get crazy advantage. I mean, if you look at the last couple of years, it it's not like it's that much different. For every Cooper Cup and Antonio Brown, there is that has a real true difference-making season at the, you know, where they're the number one flex guy far and away. There's been just as many guys like Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara and CMC. I mean, just last year, if you look at the top three players, the number one PPR player was Austin Eckler. Number two was Justin Jefferson. Number three was CMC. So we're still seeing the running backs at the top. It it really boils down to hit rate. And I'll tell you why I think that this year it's gone kind of above and beyond is that last year we kind of had an unprecedented hit rate among the top guys. you look at last year, like every year what I do, uh, and there's an article on this over on Fantasy Alarm, I pull up the over-unders with sports books like DraftKings and stuff like that, and I look at uh, where where guys' lines are set and how that compares to ADP. Last year, seven of the top 10 wide receivers hit the over and uh, eight of the top 12. And the guys that missed, it didn't even feel that bad, right? You had uh, Cooper Cup, who, you know, for the first half of the season before he got hurt, he was crushing. You have Keenan Allen, crushed the second half of the season, and Jamar Chase, who just missed some games. That's why he missed his number. Those guys, even if you drafted them, it didn't feel awful, especially Keenan Allen, who came back in over the second stretch, was the wide receiver two behind Justin Jefferson. The one guy that really did miss was Debo Samuel, but that's not usually the case every year. I mean, just the year before that, only three of the top 10 hit, and you had nightmare seasons from guys like Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins. So I think last year, We had an unprecedented level of guys actually hitting from the top wide receivers, and now everyone seems to think that it's just always going to be sunshine and rainbows, and you just draft these top guys, and they finish as the top guys. Doesn't always work like that, I got to tell you. So some of the people thinking that you know a guy like CeeDee Lamb, the Cowboys are just going to throw exactly as much as they did last year, might not be the case. New coordinator, right? Stephon Diggs has some turmoil. Cooper Cup is banged up these guys, we think that it, it, it's safe, it's automatic. It might not be, right? Uh, even Tyreek Hill, Tua, he's got issues going on there. So what I'm going to do today, talk you through the, the initial strategy, give you a couple guys I like early. Then we're going to bring in Dave Kluge, and I'm going to set him up. He used to be the zero wide receiver guy, and now he's kind of leaned into zero RB a little bit, but I'm going to set him up with a situation that some of us find ourselves in where you just can't pass up value early on and you do have to cobble wide receivers together in the middle to late rounds. That's going to be the second segment. And then the last segment, just like last week with running back, I'm going to give you some wide receivers and dynasty that you can just grab off waivers. Uh, They're outside the top 240 in startup ADP. So you can just grab them. So we're going to cover the, the full strategy and mix in a little dynasty and make sure everyone's covered and ready to go for this year. So uh, you know, when I look around at, at the expectations, like I said, too high, too high, and you might be able to get value in a sense of to just 2021. The RB12 was coming off the board at pick 16. RB12 at 16, that means that virtually the entire first round was running backs, and everybody in your league pretty much was saying, "Hey, I got to get my running back by the mid-second round this year, the RB12 come off the board. Pick 39. Najee Harris is the RB12, doesn't come off until the fourth round. How wild is that? How quickly it changes like that from year to year. So, I'm going to give you an example right now of even if you, I personally, I never go into a draft saying, I'm going to do zero RB, I'm going to do uh, hero RB, I'm going to do robust RB. I never go in doing that. I always go in and take the value and I know all the strategies so I can pivot later. That's what this whole series is about. These next four where we've done hero RB we've we're doing right now, robust RB we're going to do yin yang tight end. And then we're going to bring in a specialist to talk about late round QBs and how to handle that. And I see you guys in the chat, Scampers, Britt, Angie, Dame, thank you guys so much for joining us. It was so nice meeting you guys at the expo this week. I'm, I can't help but smile just thinking about seeing Dame and and Angie and the gang and scampers. Like, what a time, man. What a time. But now it's time to get serious, win some fantasy leagues. So let's do what we always do. I'm going to look at the experts of all experts, FFPC. These are high stakes uh, fantasy gamers. I was on with Eric Bachman last night on the high stakes uh, show on this channel, seven to nine on uh, Thursday nights. Awesome show, man. Really deep stuff. But those are the experts of experts. If you can win a league over there, you throw that in your Twitter profile. And it makes you look like a boss because everyone knows that those are, you know, gold plated crazy leagues and they have crazy payouts. You can play anywhere from $5 to a th- to $5,000. But uh, Lufa loves the high stakes. You can hear in the background. $5 to $5,000. And the, the big one, the main event, 2000 bucks. only 6,000 teams in it. So you have a real shot at winning a million bucks that way. Uh, if you go over there right now, myffpc.com, use promo code ALARM. If you deposit more than $35, it'll give you 25. 25. Uh, so I look at the ADPs over there because it gives me the sharpest look at it, what the uh, the sharps of the sharps are doing. And this is how you can end up with a robust RB team. And this is what we're going to set up Dave Cluey with later is you look at Joe Mixon, uh, a guy that if I've already taken a couple running backs and maybe a quarterback in tight end, he's going in the fourth round. So, you know, maybe he slides in the fifth round at times and he's. RB 13 still in ADP, but you can get him that late. And everything that we were worried about with this guy seems to be going away, right? He was the RB six last year in PPR, RB seven the year before in points per game. And right now, you know, he's still going outside the top 12. And we were worried about the contract issues. They cleared that up, set him up with a contract where he's going to play this year. We worried about this court case stuff. The court case was the other day. And not only did they, Already say he's not guilty, but the morning when they did the court case, right? There were people there, reporters there. That afternoon, Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets and Zeke Elliott signed with the Patriots. It was almost like, hey, let's wait and see what happens with this. Oh, it's nothing. All right, let's sign elsewhere. Like Joe Mixon is is ready to rock and roll. So a guy like that, that's somebody I take and I end up with three or four running backs in my first group. Another one I can't pass on, even with the groin issues or whatever. As soon as he gets back to practice, I'm back to drafting him, it's Miles Sanders. ADP RB twenty in the sixth round. That's the whole thing. Is if you start running back, running back, quarterback, tight end, running back, and then Miles Sanders still there, I'll take him. I don't care. I need as many running backs as possible because of the injuries and the fragility with the position. So I'll take this guy. Uh, and we're talking about a guy that he had a fifty catch season with Carson Wentz when Doug Peterson was calling screenplays, actually calling screens uh, in two thousand nineteen. Uh, Doug Peterson called 39 screens to Boston Scott and Miles Sanders last year. When uh, Nick Sirianni came in, Boston Scott and Miles Sanders combined for more snaps than they did back in that year. And they combined for six screen passes, 39 to six. Uh, Sirianni just likes the tight end screens, the RB screens. It's not Miles Sanders fault. Now he goes to a team where Scott Fitterer, the GM on video, you can see it in my timeline on video says, Remember when you caught 50 balls? That was awesome. Let's do that again. We brought you in exactly for that reason. I mean, I don't know how more clear it can be. Like this guy is there to be a three down workhorse. They made him the highest paid free agent for a reason. So Miles Sanders, ADP, RB20 on FFPC, smash for me all day long. And the last one, this one's a little more high risk, but you can still get a discount on Javante Williams. We're, this week, I swear, when he goes out and gets 10 to 12 touches like Sean Payton says, his ADP is going to skyrocket, but right now on FFPC, it's RB 22 pick 71 late six, early seventh round. This guy, we know he's a super mega star when he's healthy and not everyone heals the same way. Brees Hall supposedly had a lesser injury and he's still dealing with knee sworn, s- still not ready to go. Javante Williams, they say everything kind of went exactly according to plan and he's going to play in preseason week two. If he wasn't fully healthy, There's absolutely 0.0 reason for this guy to play in a preseason game. So if he plays and he looks good, I have no reason to fade this guy. I mean, people faded Adrian Peterson coming off his knee injury, and he was excellent. I've watched Thomas Davis uh, come back from three ACL surgeries and have 100 tackles every time he comes back. Like, some guys are just built different. So if this guy's ready to rock and roll with Sean Payton, who brought us RB1 seasons from Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, I'm absolutely smashing that right now. And honestly, you can even start wide receiver, wide receiver and take Joe Mixon at RB13, Miles Sanders, RB20, Javante Williams, RB22. So it's not even just a robust RB strategy. So if you like those ADPs like I do, those are at FFPC. Go over there, get set up now at myffpc.com. Use promo code ALARM. And when you spend more than 35 bucks, they'll give you 25. That's the deal right now. So get over there and get, get set up and get that championship And put in your profile, and then people will take you seriously. When you're out there on Twitter trolling around and hitting up Dave Kluge and calling him a jerk, well, people click your profile and they see that it says high stakes FFPC champion. They might say, hey, you know what? Dave Kluge is a jerk. This guy's right. He's a great player. I personally know that Dave Kluge is not a jerk. He's the man. Met him in person, talked to him on a lot of shows. uh, And that's why we're bringing him on shortly to talk about uh, the rest of these guys and this strategy. And I know, I'll tell you what, Kluge. He went from being kind of a zero wide receiver, robust RB guy to uh, embracing all strategies. But today I want to corner him and put him back in the mindset where he was when he was loving the robust RB and the and the zero wide receiver. And I'm going to make him show us what a draft looks like. Right. And I'll tell you what one thing that uh, that one reason I do like doing these robust and zero RB zero wide receiver builds is that I love looking at pass catchers. I love adding them off waivers. It's kind of a slog trying to, you know, find the handcuff RBs and breakout RBs and quarterbacks are boring and tight ends. We already have to play yin yang and do all that. I love looking for breakout wide receivers. So if I go zero RB and draft like nine wide receivers in a row, I'm kind of depriving myself of, you know, the, the fun that you have with that. And I've got a buddy. uh, I'll obviously never say his name or tell him this, but he loves it too. But he still does this every year. He drafts a ton of wide receivers. He fills his bench with a ton of awesome wide receivers. He gives himself an ice cream headache every week, trying to set up, set his lineups. And then he comes in third place. You know, I'll never tell him that because I, I continue to win money off him. But you got to be careful with that stuff. I mean, it, if, it, you have to lean into what you're good at. I don't draft Travis Kelsey a lot because I spend all year banging my head against the wall, trying to find breakout tight ends, contractually obligated. To find breakout tight ends, it doesn't make sense for me to go bully tight end. I'm wasting my skill set. Lean into your skill set. And uh, we're actually going to bring Dave Kluge on right now. He's got a killer skill set. Uh, we're going to bring him on shortly after we hear from our buddies at FFPC. So don't go anywhere. We're going to check with them and then we'll get Kluge's guys for uh, these late round wide receiver strategies.
1: Kendra Miller fan, he's running back 46 in the Fantasy Pros Championship right now. Uh, at, at the, um, end of the 11th round, I want you to talk a little bit about him from both standpoints. Number one from redraft. Um, he's in the backfield, same backfield as Alvin Kamara, who we talked about in the first hour. And then obviously Jamal Williams, but as far as dynasty goes too, what you, what should you be doing now? If you're a, a dunce like me and missed on Miller, what kind of offers should you be making for Kendra Miller in your dynasty leagues right now? Well, the problem now is the news worked against you, right? In the sense that, you know, that there's a suspension looming. Uh, We don't know what that suspension is. So do you try to go after him prior to the suspension or do you wait to see how long it is? Mm -hmm. Uh, Right? Because the higher the suspension is, the more expensive Kendra is going to be. It gives him an opportunity. We saw Kamara, you know, you don't have to go farther than than New Orleans. We saw Kamara take advantage. I remember they brought in Adrian Peterson. They had... um, uh, what's his name? Mark Mark Ingram. Yep. Right. And then they brought in Kamara, and everyone's like, there's no way Kamara's going to be relevant year one. And he smashed because talent comes through. These teams want to win now. They're going to put the best players out there. Kendra Miller comes off of a 1,400-yard season. Like, one thing for me, Balky and fantasy, is if you showed me you did it, I'm going to believe you. Mm-hmm. This whole upside thing where you've never done it, I'm over all of that. Like tight end position I talk about often. That's why I don't invest in rookie tight ends. I'll pay, I'll pay the price for a Kelsey. I'll pay for a kittle when I know they're gonna smash for me. Right? Running back, you're looking for talent, you're looking for proven. This guy's proved it. And I let progression. You look at his career in, in college, he's progressed every year in the receiving game, in the rushing game. I just there's there's something about when you watch him play, and sometimes it's not, you know, I don't have a great stat for you or anything, but there's guys certain guys when I see him play something kind of you know and he's one of the guys when I started watching his tape and just seeing what he can do I think he can be an all-around workhorse he had 224 touches uh in his last season in college so look we talk about New Orleans we don't know what this offense is going to look like they have a new quarterback they have everything a whole new situation there he he could come in with Kamara out and just take over that backfield right away
0: What's up, gang? We are back. Uh, Without further ado, I'm just going to bring him on right now because he's ready to rock and roll. we got my boy Dave Kluge here. Kluge, no one would ever call you a jerk on the internet, right?
2: Never, no. I mean, re- as soon as I logged on, I heard you saying nothing but positive things about me—smart, uh, <laughs> <laughs> handsome, friendly. You know, just just laying it on thick. So I really appreciate it, Coop. Exactly. It's been funny. It's, it's been I a am. while. I I, I I missed you. I Didn't get a chance to go to the expo this year <sighs> for some personal reasons. But uh, you know, my my biggest regret was not getting to see some of my good friends like you there.
0: I know, man. It's uh, you. It's just like such a cool time, just hanging out, beating people, man. And I was just there were multiple times where I sat there and I was like, this is like Kluge city. Like this is, this is, that's where you would thrive, man. Now two years in a row. Cause you had the shoulder of the year before. And then this year you had stuff going on. So next year you're I was there in. last
2: year with the shoulder with, with my, oh, with limp the arm. The oh, I, I, I made it right. there. Yeah. You <laughs> did
0: make it out. You did make it out. So sorry. Yeah. But we need you 100% next year. I'm, I'm making sure I have a layover in Denver and I'm scooping you up personally on the way Boston to Denver to Can. That's the trip next year. Um, so yes, uh, You know, honestly, when I think zero wide receiver, I still think of you, even though you you admittedly, I I reached out to you and I was like, let's do it. We're doing it. And you're like, well, actually, I kind of do zero RB this year. Right. A little bit. You kind of like the strategy better. But that doesn't mean that you you don't have that skill set still. Right. You still got that mindset available. You can switch it on.
2: Yeah, I do a little bit of everything this year, and it's weird because if you look at the way that ADP is fleshing out and the way that draft boards are working, you'd think that people that are into zero wide receiver would say, well, this is great because all of this running back is falling or this running back value is falling. You know, I could start my draft off with Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry and then grab Jonathan Taylor in round three, but every single running back has a huge question mark looming over their head this year. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is unanimously the RB1 this year. And yeah, you can make an uh, argument for Henry or Eckler or Bijan if you want to. But even Christian McCaffrey, like when you start looking through projections, we're like, oh, cool, maybe he's going to get like 60% of the work in San Francisco. And that's the guy that we're taking as the number one running I back. Know. Like there isn't it's, a safe running back out there.
0: It's funny because it, this game used to be so much easier. And we are all like lament back to that time. But we wouldn't really even if it was still like it used to be, there wouldn't be as many jobs and there wouldn't be as many angles in this industry. Right. There's more to talk about now. Back then it was like, yeah, priest Holmes. Like if you don't get, if you don't get Latina, Thomas, then you probably lose, but that's what it used to be. So uh, it's nicer now. And so I will say, and there are a lot of, you know, as people like, like we do just go for value. There's a lot of ways you can end up in these situations. Like I look at one, like what if you start off with CMC and I watched, um, uh, Lisa Ann in the Queen's Classic this past pack week she got CMC very late and then on the way back she took Jonathan Taylor those were the number one and number two RBs last year and they they were number one and number two picks off the board I know Taylor's got stuff going on but you almost can't pass up on that right it, like you you could easily end up with going two running backs and then you get something like Mark Andrews and you're loving that pick and then you sit there and you're like okay well I'll stack him with Lamar Jackson and that's fourth and then You get in the fifth round, and two guys I talked about last segment, uh, Joe Mixon and Miles Sanders are there. You could easily get to a spot where you can't pass on the value, and now you got to cobble it together. So I want to set you up with that situation. Uh, You've started your first six rounds with all running back, tight end, quarterback. You don't have a wide receiver, and we're going to cobble it together. First, before we get to that, I do want to ask you, you can't have this happen unless there are guys that you like in that range. So let me ask you a couple guys that uh, from that fifth, sixth round ADP, if they're there, you're just not going to pass on them. Uh, Going in that round are guys like Aaron Jones, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Alexander Madison, Rashad White, Javante Williams, Cam Akers, James Conner. I mean, it's crazy. That fifth and sixth round, there are straight up three down backs in there. There's guys like Aaron Jones that are perennially RB1. So is there anybody from that group where even if you have – two or even three RBs already, if they're there, you're, you're not going to pass.
2: Well, I want to say this group right here is why i'm okay punting on running backs early in drafts yeah. because there is just there's so many guys with high upside here in the fifth and sixth rounds and obviously you know if Christian mccaffrey is healthy and his old self and putting up 25 points per week you're gonna feel good about that pick but when he goes down with an injury and you got elijah mitchell in the 14th round you don't feel nearly as good about it so I um I, I like all of these picks and you know I, I think we have corrected to the point where this is the running back dead zone the dreaded zone that we say you don't want to take any running backs from but these guys used to be going like early third round and now with them going in the fifth and sixth round that risk is kind of baked into their cost so the guy that jumps out to me you mentioned aaron jones just a perennial RB one and i think people think that because aaron Rodgers is gone aaron jones is just dead in fantasy football and isn't going to do anything but i see them skewing towards a more run heavy approach and jordan love you know a a way to help him develop is to take those easy checkdowns to his best playmaker which is going to be aaron jones so The guy's been an RB1 for three straight years. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if he sneaks in as a back-end RB1 this year. And then Cam Akers is another guy. Like I have been a huge Cam Akers hater since he came into the league. Never wanted to draft him, um, but... This year, I find myself liking him. You know, he's going late 6th, early 7th round. And what we saw at the end of his rookie year was him getting 30 touches per game down the stretch. And then you kind of throw away year 2 with the Achilles, came back, didn't look like himself. And then last year, even, you know, the, the first half of the season, he clearly wasn't himself. And he was kind of on a short leash, wasn't looking too effective. End of the year, though, he was the RB6 in the second half of the season, getting that same crazy workload. And what have they done this year? Pretty much nothing to add to that backfield. So, all indications are that Cam Akers is going to have a huge workload again. So, Aaron Jones and Cam Akers are the two guys that really jump out to be there.
0: You, man, you are talking like a zero. Like you've been talking like you've been a zero rb or your whole life, dude. <laughs> Do I am I talking to Kevin? Is this Pat kareen Kevin Tompkins on here? Man? <laughs> You're talking about RB2s like they're locked in, man. But hey, that's that's the thing, though. These guys have been RB1s already, right? So, uh, yeah, that's what makes it that's what makes this it, it makes it. Makes you want to draft the wide receivers early, but also makes this situation possible. Because if you do sit there and say, well, I'm not going to pass on Christian McCaffrey at nine and then come back around and you're like, wow, I almost took, you know, this other running back in the first round. Now I'll take him here. And then you do the Lamar tight end stack. And then your guys are here. I mean, sometimes you just got to roll with it. So yeah, that really put me up
2: with that, that, uh, fake start that we're talking about here, that Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, and I Andrew know. I, stack. Oh my God. I thought that's exactly about how, cause I do. was
0: like, how can I corner Kluge into <laughs> having to do this? Right. And I was like, okay, the Lamar Andrew stack is, is how we get him. That's how we, we got him, folks. Uh, and I want to point out in the chat, uh, important question being asked by George, a Boston guy like myself, when can we order pies online from your wife? The Hills have pies, uh, when is that is that ever happening because uh, i have to bring it up every time i'm with you on a show that pie, the pie that was supposed to be for me was left on the counter when i visited denver on the it, night
2: of your engagement too on the
0: night of my engagement i should have been eating pie and that was the one that was the one regret from the from the proposal is that uh, and and of course you had to text me later being like i'm so glad uh, you forgot this pie cuz we're eating it right now so <laughs> Uh, I'm still owed a pie, and I will pay for it online. It, when is that coming around at any point?
2: So, uh, my wife got a new job, and she has been crushing it in this role, just getting promoted seemingly like every six months. So, unfortunately, the uh, the the bakery got thrown to the back burner right now. You know, she'll still do it every now and then for friends. You know, I've actually got a pie sitting in the fridge right now, and had a little slice for breakfast. But uh, we are not selling them online any longer oh it's so
0: that's it folks you're gonna have to harass harass the kluge family until everyone gets fired and then pies will be back on on the front burner instead of the back burner uh so yeah but definitely don't do that uh anyway okay let's get into it let's get into what we came here to do so i've set you up you've now drafted four running backs you're in some crazy zero RB room where the running backs are just falling left and right and you stacked up your quarterback. So we made it through six rounds and you have no wide receiver. Uh, before we get to the actual names, I want to ask you, what, do you have a general policy or strategy on how you're going to balance? Because the whole idea with zero running back is you balance starters and safety. You need to get a couple guys that, are, that can start for you right away, but you want crazy upside stabs, at high risk, high reward guys too. With wide receiver, say you have three starting wide receiver spots, how are you balancing that? I mean, do you have a set? Do you just make sure you get three solid starters? Are you willing to go risky with one or two of those spots? How do you usually go about it?
2: So, first of all, I'll say, you know, JJ Zacharyson talks about this all the time we suck at identifying upside and downside. We, we trick ourselves into thinking we're really good at it, but realistically, we aren't that good at it. And look back at 2021. You know, everybody was looking at Debo Samuel as, ah, he's a low ceiling guy. You know, you, you don't want to draft him because he doesn't have upside. And what does he do? Like 22 points per game finishes at the wide receiver too. So um, yeah, I, I think it's tough to kind of trick ourselves, but Coop, I know you're a baseball guy. I've been making this joke a lot lately. When I get into these mid rounds, I'm Adam Dunn. I'm swinging for the fences or striking out. I'm, I'm not yeah, looking for the safe picks here. I am trying to swing for the pe- fences. Joey again. Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've actually got an Adam Dunn jersey okay. sitting in my closet from his uh show. We'll with the White Socks, but um. Yeah, I'm swinging for the fences, and if you look at the guys who typically are those mid-to-late-round breakout wide receivers, they're guys that had huge question marks over them. Yeah. You know, Debo Samuel in 2021, um, you know, he was kind of in this gimmicky, low-eight-out role. You look at Cooper Cup that same year, coming off the ACL tear, people were concerned about him and his health, and they were the wide receiver one and wide receiver two that year. But over those last couple of years, it hasn't been quite so easy. If you look last year, Eight of the top 10 wide receivers in preseason ADP finished as top 10 wide receivers. The only guys that didn't were Debo Samuel, who got hamstrung by midseason, train for Christian McCaffrey, oh. and Mike Evans, who had his least efficient season of his career, yes. But there are some guys that jump out that I think do have high upside. You know, Tyler Lockett is one, for instance, where I think people are scared because of the age and scared by the addition of Jackson Smith and the Jigba. So because of that, I think he still possesses the same top 16 upside that we have seen for five consecutive years. So that's a guy where there is Whoa. inherent risk in drafting him, but I'm OK doing that.
0: OK, well, let me say this then. OK, so we're going to we're going to go through it. I'm going to put you on the clock at each spot. It just so happens, round seven, here are the guys that go based on FFPC ADP. Tyler Lockett, pick 79. Mike Evans, pick 81. Jackson Smith and Jigba, pick 84. George Pickens, also ADP of 84. So those guys kind of a pick them there. But it sounds like of that crew, the guy you're going to be grabbing is Tyler Lockett.
2: Yeah, Tyler Lockett uh, for the reasons that I just said, you know, top 16 wide receiver five straight years and Mike Evans is another one. And I was on Chris Harris's pod yesterday and we talked about this. It was a really fun show where we said, where could we be wrong in our rankings? And we each had five things that we kind of planted a flag in our rankings. And Chris and I both had one of the same talking points where we are fading Chris Godwin and fading Mike Evans because of Baker Mayfield's historic inability to support fantasy relevant wide receivers. But what if we're wrong? What if it's the Seattle Seahawks last year where everybody faded DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Geno Smith just took everybody by surprise and supported a pass heavy offense? I mean, Jameis Winston went for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns in this offense. They paced for almost 700 pass attempts per year with Tom Brady. What if they just let Baker Mayfield air it out and Mike Evans does hit that high end range of outcomes that we aren't accounting for? So Tyler Lockett and Mike Evans are the dusty vets that I really like in this range.
0: I'll tell you what. I mean, Well, first of all, that conversation you had with Chris Harris, I always think about that in terms of like the the alpha brain meme where it's like the different levels of your brain. The the very first fantasy football, when you first get in this space, all you do is defend your hometown team and the players (laughs) on your fantasy team. That's like the peanut brain level is like just defending the Patriots. Right. Oh, next I still defend le- the Bears. Just me too, bears. too, me too. Yeah, yeah. No, I still have a tiny little peanut brain, 100%. But I'm talking about everybody else. Like I'm talking about, now I'm, Now we're talking about like- Everyone else's peanut brains,
2: brains, not ours.
0: Yeah, not us, not us. We're still there. But the next level is when you you stop going after your guys and you have unbiased takes as a whole from taking a step back and as the industry. And then the third level, the highest level where JJ and Chris Harris and you at times are, uh, is basically saying- understanding the range of outcomes and, the, and understanding that you might be wrong and, ac- and finding a way to account for that. That's the next yeah. level in that, you know, and that's the hardest one to get to because we get so set in our ways in the offseason that you can't even possibly fathom that you could be wrong, right? Yeah. But when I look at – one thing with Mike Evans, I look at the sports books, I, pu- I pull all the stuff into a spreadsheet and I look at what they're saying because we can find lines for receptions, yards, and touchdowns. That's fantasy football, baby. When you add that all all up, you get a PPR points total projected, right? And Mike Evans is one of the guys where, and I know, you know, uh, sentiment still says, okay, well, he's going to have a thousand yards. So maybe people are betting the over on his line of 925. But when you take those lines and add them up, it still looks like he's going to outperform ADP once again. So uh, interesting guys there. Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, I'm in with you. I'm not drafting as much as JSN George Pickens. Uh, If you had to pick one of those guys, just real quick, before we go to the next group, who would you have?
2: Uh, George Pickens. And, you know, it's not even that his, like, metrics as a rookie were, like, kind of bad, kind of concerning. They were terrible. We're talking, like, 5th percentile, ninth percentile and his, like, ability to draw targets. But also he does things on the football field that nobody else can do. And, like, all offseason, you know, all of us nerds were fading George Pickens. And then he comes out in week one of the preseason – you know does get open makes a contested catch breaks every defender's ankles and does ridiculous things after the catch and scores a touchdown and it's just kind of like oh yeah yeah we forgot George Pickens is a really really good athlete And maybe he does take that step forward so I have been a pretty adamant George Pickens fader but it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he finishes as a top 10 wide receiver this year
0: right I mean he's got the path man and it's Where these guys are being drafted, it kind of makes me want to have a little more Kenny Pickett or at least have an eye on him because we like Najee and we like Deontay and we like Pickens and we like Pat Fryermuth and we still don't like Allen Robinson, but he's there. Uh, You know, it's almost like maybe we move him up. Last year was also
2: we had years where, you know, everybody was doing things in Pittsburgh where it was Deontay Johnson, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Ben Roethlisberger still wasn't doing that well. I mean, they just consolidate so tightly, right. to like, three or four guys in that offense that I don't know if this is the buy the scenario in Kenny Pickett.
0: Right, yeah. Maybe you might be able to get away with it. But, I mean, hey, the Dolphins were highly consolidated, and people were underdrafting Tua last year. So could be, yeah, you know, true. could take a step forward. All right, round eight. So you've got – right now we'll say you've got Tyler Lockett, very safe, rock-solid player. Round eight we're looking at. Um, this, again, FFPC, ADP, so sharp stuff. Marquise Brown pick 86, Michael Pittman pick 86, Jordan Addison at 91, Jahan Dotson at 93, Gabe Davis at 94, Brandon Cooks at 94. So what a wide variety of options you have here. You have vet target, vet target hogs, flat out rookies, uh got, you know, TD dependent guys, field stretchers. You can have your pick. Mar- Michael Pittman led the league in snap share last year. You have your pick of, of players here so uh give me one give me one that if you were truly on the clock right now you would you would actually pick
2: well i'm sorry i'm just laughing at jordan's comment here uh in the chat about uh justin jefferson not being as talented as pickens i'm sure you've seen that going around <laughs> dude, never,
1: um, so believe
0: anything that, that <laughs> jordan loop says dude that, he has uh, fooled literal actual nfl players
2: Oh, I know. It's great. I love it, man. Ryan Clark actually did say this. Ryan Clark said that George Pickens is better than Justin Jefferson. He actually said that on TV the other day. But honestly, this is one of my favorite spots in the draft to draft wide receivers. And right now in this hypothetical scenario that we're playing we're looking at these guys as our wide receiver twos but I love drafting these guys as wide receiver fours and wide receiver nice. fives so this is one of my favorite spots in the draft and I could make a pretty compelling case for any of these guys Jordan Addison is my rookie wide receiver one he's going to step into a huge role vacated by Adam Thielen saw the second yes. most routes run last year Let's so I go. really like him but Marquise Brown is the guy that I'm going to talk about here because go back and watch our show from a couple months ago Coop me you Joe Pisapia, we talked about Jordan Addison at length Marquise Brown, though, is a guy that I'm trying to leave almost every single draft with, and there are obvious concerns with no Kyler Murray coming off the ACL tear, but I think that we have pushed him too far down draft boards because we talked about this for years with Marquise Brown, route run metrics were off the charts, and we said this is the type of guy that you want to invest in in Dynasty because he's a changed situation away from exploding saw the change situation last year, and to start off the season with Kyler Murray and no DeAndre Hopkins, he was the wide receiver five behind Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams. So when I'm drafting Marquise Brown, I don't care if he gives me zero points a week for the first half of the season with Clayton Toon, I am drafting him solely to be that late season hammer, because there's no target competition there. You're scared off by Michael Wilson and Greg Dortch and Rondale Moore? Get out of here. Marquise Brown is going to be pulling 10-11 targets per game with Kyle Murray down the stretch. one, 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 One of my spicy takes this season is that Kyler Murray is going to be on more league winning rosters than any other player in fantasy
0: Ooh, I like that man I'll tell you what and this is I like what Kyler Murray's camp is doing is they know that the team is doing a bridge year and they know that the team would love to just shut him down or make him go away and he is immediately coming out and saying hey by the way I feel great And I want to play football all year because he knows every game he wins, it makes it that much harder for them to go get Caleb Williams or whoever else. I love that attitude for Kyler Murray. And man, if he comes back, he's not going to sit down and and take a break. Some of these teams
2: put a shirt on all offseason. I mean, he is shirtless everywhere. He's just showing everybody. Look at me. I'm in great shape. I'm ready. I'm ready to get out there again.
0: Love to see it, man. So yeah, Kyler Murray, a lot to prove. And uh, honestly, not even just prove, but he's got a job to protect. Whereas I I worry about that with some of these teams where like if things don't go well for the Rams early on, are Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup going to be banging their head against the wall down the stretch the way some of these other guys have to to protect their job? It is something to think about, honestly. But Marquise Brown, Kyler Murray, that could be a a game-winning stack there for you. Let me ask, uh, give me one of this group, give me one more before we go to the next one. So your official pick is going to be Marquise Brown. You have Tyler Lock and Marquise Brown. And that feels, honestly... If your lineup is starts out Bijan, Saquon Barkley, which you can get at ADP, Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson, bing, bang, and then Joe Mixon and Miles Sanders both go like round five, six. If you start off with those guys and your starting wide receivers are Tyler Lockett and Marquise Brown, that kind of feels like a wagon, no?
2: Yeah, and I'm going to say if you do start the draft that way, your next 10 picks should be wide receivers. Wide receiver, because Every down, time you yeah. draft a wide receiver, you're just increasing your chances on hitting on this year's breakout. But the other shout out I'll give and uh, Coop, I don't know your stance on this guy. You and I were fading him hard last year, if I recall correctly. Yes. Gabe Davis. Yeah. yeah, Seemed yeah. up in like the third round of drafts, but he is in pretty much the same situation he was last year. You know, investing in these post-type sleepers where fantasy drafters reach for him one year, they end up sucking, and then they have a visceral reaction when they see him on the draft board the next year and they just won't draft him, and it causes them to get pushed way down draft boards. Now yeah, We could still that. make the same exact case for Gabe Davis this year that we did last year year we have to remember last year he was mostly derailed by an ankle injury and when he wins on long speed and getting vertical on defenses and then has an ankle injury that you know inhibits him from doing that it seems like we just forgot that he got hurt last year so now a healthy Gabe Davis is the same player last year but at a six round discount
0: right I have no problem I've been actually doing drafts where I take Gabe Davis and Dalton Kincaid and I just say hey one of you guys are you one of you guys got to do something here, right? Yeah. So uh, and it's funny that my followers on Twitter that don't watch the shows or read the articles, they've been so confused this offseason. Where I'm like, by the way, we're taking Gabe Davis at ADP and we're not drafting Evan Ingram. And they're like, Is this the same guy? Is this the same guy from last year? Like <laughs> they forget they don't man. realize there's no take lock. ADP's changed, so should your player It takes. all changes, man? No, yeah. Calvin Ridley's in town, right? No Evan Ingram. I've been trying to tell people, to, if you draft Evan, Evan Ingram now goes from the Yang side of yin and Yang to the inside, where if you want to take a safe and boring player and take him, but you have to take somebody else later. And it's just the people that understand the concept. I love them because they actually they they get it. They truly get it. But there are some people out there that are like, what do you mean? We don't like him now. I'm like, no, well, you know, conditions have changed, my friends. Yes, uh, sir. And Yes. So and you could easily end up with a lineup like this. And that's why I brought you in to do the hard part. Uh, t- like, I'm like, yeah, just draft Joe Mixon and Miles Sanders. All right, Cloogie, figure out the wide receivers. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. So, what we're gonna do? Uh, I don't want to keep you too crazy long. I want you to give me a wide receiver three, and then maybe, like you said, we're gonna paint the rest of the board with wide receivers. So, give me a wide receiver three from round nine. You've already gone Tyler Lockett, Marquise Brown. Round nine and ten is Zay Flowers, Traylon Burks, Elijah Moore, Quentin Johnston. Uh, Sky Moore, and these guys are all going so quick. Zay Flowers, ADP 103, Traylon Burks, 104. Elijah Moore 104. Quentin Johnson 105. So this is like wide receiver hammer town. So uh then you got Sky Moore, Michael Thomas, Cortland Sutton, Kadarius Tony. Give me a wide receiver three that's gonna start in your lineup.
2: Oh man, I mean we we, we slip on the banana peel every single year chasing after uh Kansas City wide receivers, right? Yeah. Like we know the wide receiver one there is Travis Kelsey, but there's a lot I of idiot. banana
0: peels in this group, dude.
2: Yeah, am I slipping <laughs> on the banana peel again going for Sky Moore? I mean, I, I know like we, we say, you know, rookie face planners are one of the worst investments you can make in drafts. And by all intents and purposes, Sky Moore completely face planted last year. But if there's ever a type of player that I am willing to just completely give a pass on their rookie season. Yeah, it's a guy all like awesome. Sky Moore. You know, yeah. coming out of Western Michigan University into one of the most complex pass offenses in the NFL and a team that didn't need him. It's not like they needed a wide receiver to step up. They won the Super Bowl with their second-round pick sitting on the bench, not doing much at all. I will throw this out there. Alfredo Brown says this all the time. Skymore did lead all rookie wide receivers in Super Bowl touchdowns last year. Just something to think
0: about. There it is, dude. You know, and the metrics are kind of there for him. It's just, you know, Mahomes is going to... The thing about Mahomes and people like, you know, when you when you... Ask why he doesn't have one go-to wide receiver right now and why he spreads it around. Just watch this dude play, man. Yeah. He's running around all over the place. He has, He's just looking for the color red somewhere. He doesn't care who it is. You know what I mean? Like, he's looking for a little space in the color red. Like, so it, the way he plays is wild, man. And I, I saw a stat recently regarding, um, you know, completion percentage with pressure, and he was number one. It wasn't even close. Oh, so, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. he'll just, like, shoot a – Fade away with two hands like a basketball player <laughs> exactly. in the end zone and turn it into a touchdown. I mean, he, does he doesn't care who he's you have Never seen want. any other quarterbacks do. Yeah.
0: It just so happens that Travis Kelsey's bigger, so there's more red there, right? Like <laughs> that's that's why he gets more targets than the rest of these guys. Uh, so, so I want to throw one up here. Uh, Britt Flynn, the basically the mayor of Arkansas, where Traylon Burks went, uh, wants to know what you think about Traylon Burks. Uh, and let's say, let's you know, the knee injury obviously is. I want to know what you thought about Traylon Burks two days ago before the knee injury.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was pretty aggressively targeting Traylon Burks, Uh, the knee jerk reaction. I hate to say knee. That that was very unbelievable. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but the immediate reaction was that uh, DeAndre Hopkins is just going to make Traylon Burks worthless. But I think that we may have overreacted a little bit because Traylon Burks, you know, on his own accord is a very, very good wide receiver. And, Ryan Tannehill is no slouch either. I mean, we, we've seen him with a pretty bad pass-catching core for the last couple of years, and I think that's why we forget that Ryan Tannehill was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. Derrick Henry isn't showing many signs of slowing down right now either, so he's going to keep defenses honest. Um, Traylon Burks, as a wide receiver too, I really like him. And I hate to put this into the universe, but DeAndre Hopkins has struggled to stay healthy for the last couple of years mm. now. So there's contingent upside in Traylon Burks too. That if that 31 year old hamstring tightens up on DeAndre Hopkins, then Traylon Burks is the same player he was two months ago, where we were drafting him as a top 24 guy. So
0: you're telling me Chig is back? That's what I, the whole the that's end of this entire, it, <laughs> <laughs> the end of this entire conversation. That's all I got out of all that. Chig is Chig Acongo is back on the menu, baby. Let's go, Chig season in the chat, baby um so all right i don't want to keep you too long man i already kept you longer i can't actually when you and me get on the mic i already knew it was going to be like this so i told you in advance that we were going yeah. longer than He's 20 one minutes. You, you and i could talk,
2: talk all for like six hours and it would go by like this it's that's just so you easy talking football with you man can't
0: eat one chip and you can't talk about football for 20 minutes that's ridiculous uh so okay so we said we were going to paint uh the board with wide receivers here you got three that you're going to throw in your starting lineup uh outside of the top 10 rounds you got a couple names you could throw at me where you're like, all right, let's load up. Whether you know you go safety or upside here, uh, either way. And again, like you said, we we have a hard time even figuring that out anyway. So, who do you like with some? What are what are you throwing up there for the next couple guys? Donovan Peoples Jones,
2: baby. I'm trying to leave my drafts Ooh, with Donovan Peoples Jones as much as possible. Spicy, and Donovan Peoples Jones, he, 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 you know, I don't know if it's that spicy. He's going in like round twelve, round thirteen. Like you don't have to pay it's, up it, for it that much. It isn't that
0: spicy, but it's one of those things where people without thinking about it are like they get upset right i mean you get the, the njoku people and the elijah moore people and you know there's a lot there's a lot of people that come at you i'll tell it, you it, this look, i i asked a question yeah i said who's the top who's the wide receiver two on the browns and this is a couple of months ago i said is it elijah moore is it donovan people's jones and a lot Donovan people's jones's uncle was in my comments saying it's DPJ. So yeah. and he's got, he's got support on these Twitter streets. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> so what I'll say real quickly about Donovan Peoples-Jones is people forget coming out of high school, he was one of the top recruits. The only guy that was listed ahead of him was Henry Ruggs. He was ahead of Jerry Judy, ahead of Devonta Smith, ahead of um, Jamar Chase. I mean, he was one of the best recruits coming out of the class and he was a raw prospect and he has seen his target share increase and his dot decrease every single year he has been in the league. He is finally shoring up as a more versatile guy. And because Years one and two, we saw 15 plus eight out. People think he's just a field stretcher. If you look at the six-game sample size with Deshaun Watson last year, he was putting up identical
0: production to Amari freaking Cooper. Targets were there, man. John and Pamela kept telling me week after week DFS. He's like, We're doing TBJ again. And
1: it's like a lot for 70
0: yards every single week. Right. He was locked in, man. Yeah. And I mean, it's like during the the phase he was at Michigan was early Harbaugh, and they were just figuring it out, right? There's a lot of guys that came out of there. Those offenses were not great, but they were still being drafted because, you know, again, I, I believe what Harbaugh's quote at the time was when he first came to the team, and I, sa- I think I said this recently on the show, uh, you can't expect to plant potatoes today and eat potato salad tomorrow, which is the most Harbaugh <laughs> freaking quote. Uh, one of my favorites. Um, so, yeah, people from the chat throwing out Cedric Tillman. I love Chuck Bass in here, the, pulling the Jordan loop. Reports are that Brown's passing attack has been phenomenal. It's, we know it's been the opposite. My Check
2: Browns it. bags are sweating, bro. I've I've been targeting yeah. this offense aggressively in drafts and getting a little nervous. Yeah.
0: Real real quick for Randy Miller before you go, he asked in the chat: Saquon or Bijan full PPR?
2: I've got Bijan. Um, but, oh god, I'm I'm about to get booed out of the chat with this one. I think everybody's over their skis with Bijan, man. Um, I, oh, yeah. I get it, like he's he's a hyper talented guy, but does talent always turn into fantasy production? talking about the Atlanta Falcons here. They're Mm -hmm. already talking about Tyler Algier being in the mix for 10 to 12 touches per game. I mean, I I, I get the argument for Bijan, you know, generational talent, all that fun stuff, and I'm taking him over Saquon, but I'm looking at Derrick Henry before I'm looking at either of these guys.
0: Ooh, wow! There you go, dude. Yeah, I mean, running is often the luxury of the winning team. So the uh, Falcons, you you really need Desmond Ritter to be able to run the offense. You know, that's that's the problem you run into. So we'll have to see on that. All right, I'm going to get out really
2: you. good until you start doing pro- projections for the Falcons, and then you go, "Wait, <laughs> hold and on a like, second. What?
0: Yeah, it is. It is horrifying, dude. Like, especially with like, uh, I look at the athletic, the guy he came out and he said yeah. 170 touches for Algier and 300 for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bijan, it's like that's how many plays they ran last year what is mac hollins gonna get get the ball twice on the season you know it's like i I don't know that team is difficult to project i would love to project uh arthur smith into a cannon into the atmosphere and directly into the sun that's where i that's where he needs to go so uh anyway let everybody know what you got going on right now man i know you have a ton going on you have the show with alfredo which is super cool so tell everybody what you got going
2: yeah. You can find all my stuff at, uh, Dave Kluge on Twitter. If you're into memes and sarcasm and, and that sort of stuff. But, uh, if you want to check out my actual takes more than just my jokes, you can find me on the football guys, fantasy football show. We're bringing that to you three times a week. Now ramping up to four times a week next week. And then we'll be doing five times a week after that. And in season we're doing six shows a week. Whew. It's been a ton of fun. So you can, uh, check it? that out at football guys, only six shows a week. Yeah. Nothing serious, but <laughs> Coop, you know, fun, man, man, I just want to, you know, congratulate you for launching this show. Uh, Uh, Couldn't have happened to a better guy. You know, I feel like I've really seen you shooting up the ranks and earning the respect (laughs) that you deserve this offseason. And I I just couldn't happen to a better guy, man. You and I have been connected since, like, our pre-Twitter days, back in those Reddit streets. And, man, I'll always be in your corner cheering you on. So happy to see that you got this opportunity.
0: I appreciate that, man. I think Reddit really toughened us up into the people we (laughs) are today. You know, so uh, we can handle a little razzing. If you like the way I operate, Follow Cluey on Twitter. We both, you know, it's it's a lot of memes, but it's a lot of stuff that can help you win your league, too. And that's the best. Just a little sense of humor and also some actual stats. So thank you for joining us, buddy. I really appreciate you, man. Of course. Take it easy, man. Yeah, I'll talk to you. Uh, we're up against it here time-wise. So I'm actually going to skip the next commercial for FFPC. Uh, love those guys. I'm going to give them a full shout-out here uh, anyway. but. We went over time with Kluge. We, uh, we love the FFPC guys. They got the show every night on, or sorry, not every night, every Thursday, seven to nine with Eric Bachman. I was on it last night. So make sure you go back and watch that one after uh, you're done around here. But uh, check those guys out. But we got to get to some dynasty guys here, some dynasty players uh, that we can add late rounds. So we're covering the full spectrum with these shows so that people can sit back and watch these two series right before their drafts. And you get a full overview of the position. That was the first four we did. And then now we're doing the individual strategies. And with that, I want to make sure since Kluge covered that that whole gambit there of guys that you fill out your bench with, if you wait on wide receiver, I want to make sure I take it all the way to the bottom of the barrel for dynasty gamers, right? So we looked at a ton of like mid to late round guys there. I want to look at guys that are all the way deep. And I actually like to go, first of all, when I play dynasty leagues, when I do startups, I get a little cheat code here. I basically just use my redraft rankings because I'm good at this. I play to win. I want to put the my name on the trophy and the money in my pocket right away. And then you know what happens after that? I just keep drafting good players and I keep winning. Like if you tank on purpose early and do productive struggle or whatever, you're, the only things you can do are lose now and win later. You can only win later. If you win now, you can also win later. That's a little secret. And also, these leagues fold up more often than you might think. Not the ones on FFPC. According to Eric Bachman, that they've never had a dynasty league fold, which is miraculous. But uh, some of these local leagues fold up. So just win now. Worry about the rest later. That's what I do. So I'm drafting a lot of running backs. Uh, I'm going out and and cobbling together wide receiver. It's easier. And I love digging around in the bargain bin uh, because it's easier to find those guys, right? So for me, what I did is I went over. I looked at the FFPC uh, Dynasty ADP. FFPC, they offer dynasty leagues that range from $100 buy-in all the way to $5,000. And actually, I think Eric corrected me yesterday that they go to $10,000, which if you're playing $10,000 dynasty leagues, you're outside of your mind. But good for you, right? Just make sure you have a lot of money in the bank. If you better be rich, rich if you're putting ten grand on a dynasty league. But if you want to do it, FFPC High Stakes is the place to do it. And If you want to get set up, go to myffpc.com. Use promo code Alarm. And if you deposit more than thirty-five bucks, they'll give you twenty-five. If you want to play in a ten-thousand-dollar league, you're going to have to deposit more than thirty-five. If you play in a ten-thousand-dollar league, go over there, deposit nine thousand nine hundred and seventy-five dollars, and they'll give you the last twenty-five dollars there. So uh, you'll be all set up. Use promo code Alarm for that. But I went in there, and it's twenty team, uh, twenty. It's twelve team leagues with twenty man rosters. So that's 240 players. So I said, Hey, you know what? We're going outside that. We're going outside the top 240 to find some guys that could be on waivers right now, or that you can take with the last round picks of your startups. Or if you really want to go for the ultimate challenge, go over there and grab an orphan team because they have some available and you can uh, bring a team back from the dead like a phoenix rising from the ashes. That's the ultimate crown of success in fantasy football. So go do that. Uh, but a guy that I was looking at, on that list. ADP 247. If you need a starter, legitimate guy you could potentially start right now, Michael Gallup. Right? We don't know how the target peck motor is going to shake out. Obviously, CD Lamb is going to be on top, but it's a new coordinator right now. Brandon Cooks could easily just end up being a field stretcher. And he could still be relevant, but he might not be a target hog. He might be a guy that's running a lot of deep routes. And Michael Gallup underneath could just continue to be Michael Gallup, where last year, he even coming off an ACL where You usually have a down year in the year following an ACL injury. He was on pace for 90 targets, man. He had six targets or more in half the games he played. He started off slow because he wasn't ready to play the early season. In half those games, he played six or more targets, like eight games with six or more targets. Guy was pretty locked in. And you can also factor in, there's no more Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz was a hundred target guy himself. He's gone. They're replacing him with, you know, a a couple rookies and, and guys named Ferguson and Hendershot all glued together. Who knows how many targets those guys are going to get no more Zeke, right? It's just Tony Pollard. So Michael Gallup, I mean, he could potentially be flex worthy or a guy you're putting uh, as wide receiver three ADP two forty seven on uh, FFPC dynasty. Another one, if you want to, uh, cause you know, Gallup's a little older, he's coming off the injury. So that's the guy you can start now. If you want a mix of youth and potential, I'll throw one at you. People in the chat might not like it. Throw it on up here. If you don't, I'd love to hear it. I love, I want the smoke but Chase Claypool is a guy that I'm not giving up on. Sorry, that was my phone going off with the uh, daily Chase Claypool alarm, the alert every time I drop his name. So Chase Claypool, a guy, wide receiver 283. 283 in a league that only has 240 draft picks. So he's out there hanging around on waivers. I'll tell you what, this guy's still only 25 and he hasn't really even played with Justin Fields yet. You look at it last year, they traded for him. Three games he was getting ramped up. He didn't play more than 40% of snaps. In the fourth game, He played a near 70% snap share. Justin Fields didn't play in that game. The fifth game he was there, they both played, and he got six targets, caught five of them, and then hurt his knee in the second half. He still only played 67% of the snaps. In 67% of the one game they played together, he got six targets, caught five of them. Next week was a bye week. Week after that, Claypool had the hurt knee, so he wasn't playing. He eventually got ramped back up, and by the time he was ready to play again, they benched Justin Fields because he was banged up. He didn't play the last game. Go and look at it. These guys didn't even play together. We don't even know what it looks like, Chase Claypool and uh, Justin Fields. So who knows what that target pecking order could be. But what happens if Chase Claypool, Claypool is one of the favorites? We thought DJ Moore was going to be the favorite in 2020 with the Panthers and Robbie Anderson and, or Chosen Anderson or Chosen Robbie or whatever he is now. And Curtis Samuel ended up being the guys. So two, 283, he's literally free. And then a very deep young stash, ADP 314, 314 A.T. Perry. A.T. Perry's a rookie, only 23 years old, just drafted by the Saints. And first preseason game, five catches on six target, uh, sorry, six targets, caught all six, 100 yards in the touchdown. He was literally the top scoring fantasy player week one. If you do fantasy DFS like a maniac, A.T. Perry was the top dog. And there's a lot of people telling me Michael Thomas is washed, or he's hurt, or he's cooked, or as Kluge would say, you step on a banana peel when you draft him. Well, if that's how you feel, At Perry is the one guy on the team that actually has the size to be a split end. Chris Alave is a flanker. Rashid Shahid is like a little field stretcher. This guy, if you're looking for a split end to replace Michael Thomas, At Perry's probably the next man up there. So that's where I'm at. Go over to myffpc.com. Use promo code Alarm. And deposit 35 bucks or more, they'll give you 25. Pick up an orphan team, do a startup draft. These guys are literally free. You don't even have to draft them. You just put them on the watch list and wait for Chase Claypool to pop off week one and prove everybody wrong and prove that the Bears actually did okay with that trade, even though it is funny that it ended up being a first round pick. So that's it for me, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Next week we're gonna do tight ends, Yin and Yang tight end strategy, my favorite one. I'm bringing in David Gattieri for that one, so that's gonna be great. Make sure you stay tuned right here because after my show, you got Britt Flynn show. You have the uh, Brits Blitz. And that's where you get all the news, all the fun stuff. She has great guests. She's a monster. So don't go anywhere. Hang tight and hang out with her.
1: Thanks for hanging out with me. Have a good one, gang.